Welcome to the Route 42 podcast. I'm Pastor Chris Cahill, and I'm pastor of Christ the King Lutheran Church. We're located on U.S. Route 42 north of Lodi, Ohio. The Route 42 podcast is the place to hear recordings of recent sermons at Christ the King and sometimes special conversations with our members and friends. When you hear about someone living a good life, what do you think that means? That they were successful in business? Had a model family? Have enjoyed a lot of cool opportunities? When you hear of someone being holy, what do you think that means? They pray a lot? They go to church a lot? They are somehow otherworldly? Instead of these, during this season of Lent this year, we invite you to think about this statement. One of the traditions, the number of one the characteristic of a good Sunday and holy life is service to others. We hear from like the Holy Jesus Gospel about not only Jesus. Baptism, in today's service, we'll focus on. And so we hear it in Mark's in today's Gospel sermon, this morning, chapter we focus one, on attitude. At nine. Let's listen. Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee, and was baptized by John in the Jordan River. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. At once the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness forty days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and angels attended him. And after John was put into prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. This is the gospel so far this morning. And then we have these words from St. Paul in his letter to the Philippians in chapter 4, beginning at verse 6. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, Whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Grace and mercy and peace to you from God our Heavenly Father from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and from the Holy Spirit, as always. Amen. Over the last couple of weeks, we've focused on the scars of Jesus that he got for us while he was nailed to the cross, the scars that he kept even after he was risen from the dead in his glorified body, the scars on his hands and feet from the nails that the disciples were able to see and to touch and identify this risen Jesus as the Jesus that they knew. And we've talked about the scars as being this letter system for us to remember what Jesus has done for us. How in our sin he went to the cross and then he paid the price necessary, the atonement that was needed to get rid of all our sins, double even a payment price for the penalty for our sins. And he restored us to the love of the Heavenly Father, to the love of God. And now we're at the point where 
because of everything that Jesus has done for us, we're on the threshold of living a sanctified life. Sanctified means the process of being made holy. And so in the serving challenge, this is the first part of thinking about what it is to live a life being made holy. What does it mean to do that? And we start with serving. So I have a couple stories I want to tell you about serving today because the point here is the one about attitude. That's where we, we start, attitude. There's a lot to say about how we serve and how our life is now as the children of God serving. But here's the first story. Many years ago, over 30 years ago, when the Cahill family moved to Lodi, our house is on a street in Lodi that the backyard drops down a hillside and goes down to the fields south of Lodi there, where the soil is very fertile. And so uh, we've lived there the whole time we've lived in Lodi. We got there, moved in, and the previous owner had gone down to the lower part of that yard and set up a garden. That was a pretty big garden. We thought it was about an acre, but it couldn't have been because the whole yard was an acre. So, But it was a pretty big garden. And my father-in-law saw that and just was thrilled. My father-in-law lived in Parma Heights for a long time, but he had the heart of a farm boy in him. And when he saw this garden there, you would have thought he was God setting up the Garden of Eden. He got a rototiller down there in the spring. He tilled up the whole thing. He, he hoed it up and raked it real. And he did all this work by himself. He was just having a blast in that garden, setting it up. He planted a mess of tomato plants for us. He planted a mess of green beans for us, several rows of green beans. He planted a hundred ever-bearing strawberry plants. He planted onions and he planted corn. Some of you remember, you know, what happened then after that. This stuff grew like crazy because the soil was so fertile in there. We had tens of thousands of green beans, hundreds and hundreds of strawberries thousands of tomatoes. We were giving them away to anybody who would want them. My father-in-law was like God planting a garden of Eden for Adam and Eve. Oh, I'm going to make this place great. It's going to be wonderful. They'll just have to pick the fruit off the trees or off the plants or whatever. And, they, you know, it'll just be great. On the other hand, when he went back home and the things started to grow, the Cahill family, my wife and I and our three kids, had a very different outlook on that garden than my father-in-law did. It was a biblical response, but it was more in line with the response of the people of Israel who were out in the desert looking at the manna for the 87th day in a row and saying, we detest this miserable food that we got to go out every morning and pick it off the ground. I mean, there was grumbling and complaining. There was weeping and gnashing of teeth. And I'm talking about from the Cahill family working in the garden, not from the Israelites in the desert. None of us enjoy gardening. We just don't. To work in a garden is not on the top of the list of any of us in terms of recreational activities. We hated it, but we did it because Grandpa put the garden in. Grandpa loved us and did this for us and put the garden in for us. We loved Grandpa. So we picked green beans, we picked bugs off the plants, we weeded the things, we froze green beans and strawberries and whatnot. We didn't enjoy any of it, but we did it because we loved him. That's the difference in attitude, in serving. 
grandpa served us very nicely because he loved us, but he enjoyed gardening. We tried to serve grandpa also, but we hated gardening. We just wanted to serve him in love, but not without the garden. We found other ways to do it over the years. And in fact, grandpa came down several years in a row with his rototiller in the back of the minivan to set up the, the garden again for us. But after a while, it just kind of disappeared. It largely disappeared because the Cahill equivalent of the Israelites, that is to say our children, were liberated from the slavery to the garden by going to the promised land of college. So they didn't have to work the garden anymore. Needless to say, mom and dad didn't want to work the garden. So now, after quite a few years, but now, our garden doesn't exist any longer. It has merged into part of the lawn, and the mower goes over it. We get our green beans from the grocery store now. You know, that's a difference in attitude. My father-in-law loved us and enjoyed that garden. We loved him, and who did not enjoy that garden. <laughs> Sometimes you do things when you're serving other people just because you have to, right? Or just because you feel a sense of obligation. And sometimes you do things in serving other people or even God because it's enjoyable to you. And what the problem there is, it becomes difficult for a guy like me to stand up here and say, therefore, we should serve God and one another because Jesus has set us free from sin. He's given us the promise of eternal life. He's given us heaven. Therefore, we should. It kind of becomes difficult to do that when you say, if you serve this way, it would be great. And sometimes people say, I'd love to serve that way. And there are other people who say, I don't want to serve that way. So sometimes the attitude is so important. And we need to say to, to you or me, if you're going to serve God, find something that you enjoy doing and serve him with that. Don't try to serve him by doing something you don't enjoy because it's going to be miserable for everybody, even though the work gets done. We need to be able to say, if the work doesn't get done, we still love God. We still love the Father, and he still loves us, and he still gives us the grace and mercy and love of Jesus. I was listening to the gospel lesson this week and thinking there's a difference between the way Jesus preached and the way John the Baptist preached. John the Baptist was Jesus' cousin. I don't know if you're aware of this. When John the Baptist was at the River Jordan and looking at the crowds coming to be baptized, he said to them in a famous line, you generation of vipers, who has warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Jesus, on the other hand, he comes to the river and he says, repent, the kingdom of God is coming near. He's excited. He's happy. He wants to welcome people into the kingdom. John is like, you guys deserve whatever you get, but come into the kingdom anyway. Jesus is so enthusiastic. He's so excited. He's so loving. He's so caring. He says, come and be with me. And that's maybe the way we need to approach what we do as a result of what Jesus has done for us. What could you do? Could you come to worship? Yes, please do. We'd love to see you. Could you serve him in some way? Yes, please. We'd love to see you. But here's what happens. Sometimes our minds are so overcome with negative thoughts, with bad ideas. St. Paul says, don't think about that. Just don't even pay attention to that. Think about the good, the loving, the kind, the beautiful, the perfect stuff. Think about Jesus. If you can't think of anything else, good, kind, beautiful, let me think about Jesus. He's wonderful, and we could come and we could say, let us be with Jesus in whatever he might want, whatever he might care to do. We're there with him, and we love him for that. He's given us the forgiveness of sins, and he gives us the opportunity to work with him, to walk with him, 
to serve him in that way. After all, he said to the disciples and then to, and to us as well, I have all authority in heaven and on earth, but you go out and share the good news. You go out and make disciples. I have the authority. I'm giving it to you to do it. You're partners in the gospel. You're partners in this kingdom of the good news that Jesus has come to. But it takes a while for us to get the right attitude toward that. So here's a little sign that is in the printout. We've had this sign around for a couple of years. It's been on the bulletin board out there for a couple of years. This is what we're looking to, to see if we can see indicators of what a dedicated disciple to Jesus looks like. We decided this together as a congregation. This is what we're looking for in indicators. A dedicated disciple is learning to imitate Jesus by going low in humility, living out, and lifting up in joy. So here's another little story about that. And this one is not a story from real life. It's a story from a movie. I imagine, I'm going to imagine that most of you are familiar with this movie. There's a movie in which there's a kid, in order to be able to defend himself, wants to get a guy to teach him karate, the karate kid. Okay, And the teacher is Mr. Miyagi. And the kid says, will you teach me karate? And so Mr. Miyagi says, okay, I'll teach you karate. First thing you do is he gives him a couple of big sanding pads and says, sand a deck. So he sands the whole deck. Next thing he does is paint fence. So he paints the whole fence, both sides. Next thing Mr. Miyagi says is, wax on, wax off on the cars. So after several days of sanding deck, painting fence, waxing cars, the kid is just, you're supposed to teach me karate, right? And he's just getting frustrated, he's getting angry. He wants to learn karate, but he's not learning it. And there comes the key moment in the story when Mr. Miyagi says, show me sand sand, show me paint fence, up down, show me wax on, wax off, and turns him into karate moves in that instant. And that's when the light comes on for that kid and he says, wow, this is what I was supposed to be doing the whole time. This is great. Now I know that I already know how to do it. So sometimes when we need an attitude adjustment, it comes like a flash of light like that, right? We practice, we practice, why am I doing this? And all of a sudden, the realization hits. It's a key moment. I'm doing this because Jesus has loved me first. That is it. I'm doing this because I can show him my love. That is it. Whatever I am doing, whatever I've learned to do, I can put this into practice for him. That is the point. That is what this life of service is about. Now that I know that my sins have been forgiven and that I'm restored into God's love and his mercy and his grace. I could stand here and I could say, sand, sand, paint fence, wax on, wax off. And it would all get done. But the key moment has to happen when somehow, whether it's the Holy Spirit or whether it's the nudge of faith that is in you or whatever it is that says, this is what we do. This is what we do to serve Jesus and serve the people around us. And with that, I'll leave you with the usual blessing. The peace of God that passes all our understanding will keep our hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. This episode of the Route 42 podcast was recorded live during a Sunday worship service at Christ the King Lutheran Church in Lodi, Ohio on February 18, 2024. You can find out more about us and sign up for our email list at our website, 
www.christthekinglodi.org. Check out the show notes for details. God bless you, and thank you for listening.